Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Activist theology is built on the power of story, and we believe story can change the world. We also know that being in community with one another on this journey will help to build a movement committed to collective liberation and a more loving world. We have a commitment to the ethics and politics of Encajunto, or togetherness. And we are together in this work with you. Hi folks, this is Dr. Robin. And this is Reverend Anna Galladay. And we are your hosts for the Activist Theology Podcast. It's time for all of us to get our hands dirty. Well, Pastor, here we are again. Here we are. I feel like I am coming into this episode, uh, squealing my tires on two wheels, coming around a corner hot. I am a little overwhelmed, a little overtasked. My to-do list looks like my pen blew up. And hi. Well, (laughs) I at 10 after 2, when I texted you and said, I'll see you in just a little bit, I went and I got into bed mm-hmm. and I put my phone on Do Not Disturb and I picked up a book that everyone should read this book. The book is titled A Third University is Possible. And I just laid there. I didn't sleep, but I just laid there and read. Mm-hmm. I was having some sensory overload and I felt like my CPU, that's how that's mm-hmm. why that's how I call my brain. Mm-hmm. Felt like my CPU had crashed and I I just couldn't engage anymore with what was happening um, in in my in the other part of my life, in the academic part of my life, and I I just needed to put a bookmark in things because I was feeling so overwhelmed. I just lay down and read for about forty minutes, and just hitting pause really like it. It created conditions for me to be with you and to have this conversation. Yeah. We're still trying to figure out maybe what we'll talk about. Um, I mean, we have some ideas. We know. We know what we're talking about. We have some ideas. But it, it just allowed me to be present. Yeah. I love that. I love that that is a tactic that works for you. Um, as we've discussed before, that is not a tactic that works for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'm going to pause um, reading is not something that mm-hmm. allows me to pause. My um, ADD brain mm-hmm. uh, continues to move at the same pace when I am attempting to read and kind of digest knowledge yeah. of any kind uh, in the same at the same pace that it is if I'm on Zoom or you know in a car or overstimulated in the middle of a march. It doesn't matter, right? Um, and so I, I mean. 
which is which is also why slowing down for me is really difficult because I don't get tired during the middle of the day. Yeah. So napping feels like not um, not logical or mm-hmm. not uh, productive for me. Um, but I I do find that um, sometimes I I sometimes use Twitter as my downtime. Yeah. Okay. Um. I, I that. That's funny to me because it's my it's my most abusive relationship. I know, but I am I just I can just scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and then all of a sudden I realize, oh, like I haven't refreshed this feed in twenty minutes and mm. I wonder what's happened in the last twenty minutes at the top of my feed. And so yeah, it's interesting. I don't um I don't know what my I don't know how I I mean I I mean Going to sleep and resting, yes, is a is a reset for me. But yeah, um, man, DDD is a fucked up thing. Like, how do you pause? Like, will this weekend be a pause for you on Friday when you come to celebrate my birthday? So, uh, okay, so let's talk about that. So, friends, we are um, we Robin and I are getting to ready to be in person IRL uh, together um, in Nashville for a long weekend. We have kind of a a couple of different things on the agenda. We're going to be doing some kind of intentional work with the activist theology project and our team there. And then Dr. Robin's birthday is Friday. And so we'll be celebrating their birthday on Friday together. And then as I mentioned in the last episode, um, my first pride festival is on Saturday, and I am going to be setting up my t-shirt booth and selling fun pride wear and all the things. And so, okay, so the answer to your question is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized when I was getting ready for this adventure, how many different segments of myself, I am having to pack up and mm. bring to Nashville with me. Yeah, yeah. So I am bringing my business self, which includes hauling my trailer and making sure I have my cash bag and going to the bank and having change and all of the things, right? Um, I am bringing my activist theology self um, because we have um, we have labor that we are going to try to accomplish. And I want to be, you know, mentally and, and, and spiritually in a good place for, for that. Um, and come to it with an embodied awareness that, um, you know, this work is not just a thinking project that, mm-hmm. that we are in this together. And I'm coming as, um, your kin to celebrate your birthday and trying to take time away from all of these other like pieces of myself that I feel like I'm packing up and driving with Mm -hmm. me to Nashville. So, um, and I'm going to still like, I'm still trying to make sure I have all my work done so that I'm not distracted. Right. Uh, So I think that I think the short answer to this question is that Friday will be a rest Mm -hmm. Thursday Likely not. Saturday, likely not. Right. Um, but I'm going to do my best to um, both compartmentalize my 
the different pieces of my life that I'm bringing with me, as well as decompartmentalize them so that I can like be in the moment at all times, regardless of what the next thing on my list is. Um, and that's such, that's so fucking seven on the Enneagram. Like it's not yeah. even funny. Like, so. yeah. Well, so it's interesting <laughs> that you say this because for, I mean, if you've been listening for a while, then you know that I am part monk and hermit. And I prefer to be by myself and read and be alone, right? Which means they are not looking forward to a bunch of us being in their house for the next four days. But it's like my favorite people. So like that is that that excites me. But but it does feel overwhelming. So some of you know that I started a doctor of ministry program last week at Drew Theological School. This is to help me. It's like to give me guardrails in being a practical theologian because I'm trained as a theologian, but I'm not trained in the practice of theology. I'm trained in the theoretical formulations of theology. And so I started this demon program. So I've been getting up for the past week and a half at 6, 6.15 and going to bed around 8 or 9 at night. And I've been in class all day. Well, last night, we decided to celebrate my birthday a little bit early with Ben and Rachel and Brandon, the owner of Attaboy, which is the place where I go, the only place I go for cocktails. And um, Ben Ben and I have a birthday very close to each other. So we tried to get together after his birthday, but before my birthday as the transit point. And so last night was that transit point. So... I grilled salmon on cedar planks and Aaron made a farro salad uh, with kale and tomatoes and onions. It was really delicious. Brandon made drinks. Uh, Rachel made this rosemary olive oil cake, which I'll post a photo onto Instagram at some other point. But at about 10 o'clock, I lost it. I, I could not function. And by 1030 or 1020, I had to excuse myself and go to bed and left everyone there at the party, you know, but, but it got me thinking, how am I going to do wild goose? Because since I've been home for the past year and a half and not traveling and not going full tilt Mm -hmm. on two wheels, Mm -hmm. I, I no longer have capacity. I mean, I even left a meeting that you and I were attending and you went did. to bed. And you so, <laughs> and so I, I'm, while I am very excited to your, have y'all. Your stamina is not up. My stamina is not <laughs> up. Yeah. I mean, I am like, how am I going to do festivals? How am I going to do yeah. live events? I mean, I'm actually really concerned about this. And also, why are we pushing ourselves so much? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think the the benefit. So for those of you that are listening that don't know what the Wild Goose is, the Wild Goose is a festival that Robin and I have been going to for for many years now, and it's in the hills of North Carolina, and it is a um, kind of a spirituality and arts and music um, and speakers kind of festival where um, a lot of the folks that we do this work in the world with um, will be. And so we, it's, it's, it's both a bit of a homecoming um, in that we get to see and, and be in community with people that live in various parts of the country and in some cases the world, but it also is demanding because we 
find ourselves part of the programming. So we are, right. we are on stage and we are in seats. And so we are, you know, we are splitting our time and doing um, a multitude of things. And we will record this podcast one day from the wild goose. And yes. one of our episodes in September will be that recording from the festival. I think the one good thing about the goose is that there is no morning demand. Um, Except when they schedule me at 10 a.m. Yeah, but 10 a.m. means that that's a 8.30 getting up, not that's, a 6.30, yes, 5.30 getting 10 up. 10 a.m. is so early. Well, I know it's early, maybe. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. We have all been quarantined. Yes. And when I leave the place where I stay and walk the half mile to get my coffee, there are going to be so many people that I see, you know, I'm just thinking about getting from one event to the other and seeing all the people, which I'm very excited to engage with people. I'm just wondering, you know, I said to my partner, how am I going to do wild goose? And they said, you're going to have to rest after everything you do, which, which just means sitting down and, you know, not kind of being introverted. Um, but I, I much prefer being scheduled at one after lunch. Fair. It also means that you are going to have to be more diligent with your boundaries. And Bound I'm learning boundaries mean you care. Boundaries do mean you care, but bound and boundaries can at times upset others. But you know, um, if if we need to make you a T-shirt that that says. <laughs> um, still in hermit mode, please don't speak unless yeah. spoken to, then we will make you that yeah. shirt and you can just advertise your attitude walking down right. the road at the Wild Goose Festival instead speaking of-, of... Speaking of t-shirts, which you will have your t-shirts there, um, one year I specifically wore curated t-shirts every day of the Wild Goose and they were as fuck shirts. So queer as fuck, different as fuck... Feminist as fuck. What am I going to wear this year? I mean, I I, I did go shopping. I did go shopping. You did. You did. Friends, Dr. Robin came to my home. You all heard um, that that Dr. Robin spent some time with me um, earlier this month. And uh, one of the things they did was gave me a, a list of more than a dozen shirts from my shop that they would like to take home with them. And so, and, and they're I, like colorful. Yeah. And they're colorful. They're not black and gray like your normal um, yeah. your normal uh, outfit. You know what I wore yesterday? What? I wore my smoothest Tennessee whiskey nice. shirt yesterday. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. So Robin, I, Robin has. Um, I've got your whole line. You do have almost my whole line. Yes. Yes. I'm special. You are. You are. We gonna add those other shirts that that are. that are because when I give you ideas, they sell. I know. I know. We'll do it. That Karen shirt has been selling. Yes, it has, it, and it and it makes everyone laugh except for my my very best friend, whose whose name, name is Karen. Karen. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well, we're not talking about her. Well, I mean, I think deep down she knows that, but she saw it on the feed and she was like, "What the hell?" Oh, I <laughs> don't tell her it was my idea. I think the gate. I think the 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 the. Horses out of the gate on that one. You told her? Uh, well, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, I might need to send her an email. 
so we have we've kind of opened this episode with um some lots of tea lots of tea but also some glimpses into um our our collective mental health concerns i mean we don't hold anything back from our listeners our listeners know what we what you and i individually are up against and and the way that we work through that um but it had us talking about what is going on right now with the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that we could chat about um, as it relates to the Olympic Games, which are being held right now in Japan. Um, but I think we I think we want to start with this concern um, over the way that sportscasters and talking heads, are treating athletes who are making decisions that no one is comfortable with them making because no one has had the guts, quite frankly, to make those decisions in public before, which is to take care of themselves, to be, um, to be, conscientious and vocal about the needs that they have as individuals. And, you know, the, the most prominent example of that in real time is Simone Biles and her exit from um, the first two competitions um, of the, of the Olympics. and and her her frankness during her interview, um, her press conference, saying, um, "I am, you know, I am doing this for me. There is a lot of pressure yeah. on me, and I am doing this for me and for my health and for my um, mental, um, you know, stability and my capacity to be, you know, the the best human I can be." Um, and it has been a shit show online with people giving her crap about this decision. Um, And I am, I am reminded of, you know, other athletes, most recently Naomi Osaka, who, um, you know, refused to speak to the press after her tennis tournaments over the last several months and was fined and was, um, and was knocked out of the Olympics in, in the third round just the other day and said, you know, in also in saying that, yes, this, this loss hurts and, and she didn't expect it and wasn't prepared for it. um, Acknowledged that there was a lot of pressure on her mm-hmm. to, um, you know, come back or redeem herself from this PR situation that she had found herself in. When in reality, she is a human and she is a young woman and she is, I mean, the pressure that we put on these people, it's just, it's ridiculous. Well, and can we also go back a little bit further to the cannabis piece yes of the black woman who was drug tested and cannabis was found in her system and her mother had just died right shikari shikari richardson and you know we are this is very complicated these are black women who are held to a standard 
that we don't hold, that we don't have for ourselves. And yet we require them to, to be perfect. Yeah. Which is a characteristic of supremacy culture, white supremacy culture. Correct. And, you know, we don't, we don't look at the layers of what's going on. I mean, I, for a long time, had a lot of shame around my own mental health because of the way that I was socialized in the church and in the academy. You know, you gotta, right. you have to be crystal clear thinking. You can't have anything wrong. And, and if you, if there is a misstep, meaning if you have to go to the doctor and get a pill, then that means that you can't perform. And so, so many of these people that that are performing in the Olympics are not only women, they are black women. And so there is a triple, sometimes quadruple layer of oppression. Right. And now we're giving Simone Biles shit for taking care of herself. When right. what what about what about the white man who leaves work at 2 p.m. to go to the bar? Or to have a drink course. or the golf course uh-huh. yeah. to, to let off steam. Right. We, we don't, we don't criticize that, right. but when someone, someone who, and we can get into patriotism and, and country all on the politics of that. But when someone is performing for our consumption, when they say no, now there's a problem. Right. You know, and, and, and I am, there's nothing glamorous about Simone Biles' story. I mean, um, she is exceptional because of her talent, but she is also a woman who has suffered in the ways that many Black women and Black children have suffered in this country, being raised by her grandparents and, um, you know, finding her way out of poverty um, into a a profession, um, a profession of professional sports that has placed the same kinds of restrictions and expectations on her Mm -hmm. um, that you know, any other kind of, of profession would have, um, you know, she's also a young woman who was in the, in the very belly of the beast when it came mm-hmm. to the sexual assault scandal that rocked right. women's gyna- gym- gymnastics over the last several years. Right. And, and we are, we are giving her shit because at some point, um, life taps you on the shoulder and says, like, I just need you to step aside and breathe for a second. Mm-hmm. You you can't yeah. keep going at this pace. Um, I was a lot like you, Robin. I, I, I had a lot of misgivings around mental health and um, all that changed for me in 2002 when my very best friend um, died by suicide. And, I was really in the middle of that. I, 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 I became launched into the middle of a conversation around depression and postpartum depression that I didn't ever expect I would be a part of. Mm. Um, as someone who was a leader in my local church, as someone who, I mean, self-proclaimed. I used to walk around like as thinking that I was like one of the only people in the world that had their shit together. Mm. Um. 
and and again, that's what this you know white supremacy culture does to us. Um, right. But I, every card in that house of cards tumbled down mm. when my friend died, and not only was I confronted with a conversation around spirituality and Christian faith as it relates to suicide mm. and um, the misconceptions around um, eternal life that, that right. come with that and that have come with that for, for so for, for so long. But I also found myself on a therapist couch mm. um, lamenting the death of my sister um, right. of my very best friend and finally having to look myself in the mirror and look into the eyes of this therapist and say, I have been wrong about this all along. Um, and I'm now someone who's, you know, been on antidepressants for 19 years and right. they save my life every single day. Yeah. Um, those are stories that we are allowed to hold to ourselves. Those are stories that we are allowed to not um, broadcast. Simone Biles and um, Naomi Osaka and Shikari Richardson and, and, and fill in the blank, any other number of athletes that are participating or have participated in the Olympic Games bring with them stories of trauma, of recognition, of a denial for for very for so many years of self care, mm -hmm. and finally kind of bringing themselves back to the need that right. care for themselves is actually an important factor. Um, I mean, I think back to the shit we gave Michael Phelps um, right. when um, you know when he was um, you know not behaving like we thought he should have um, right. being an Olympic medalist. And, um, you know, when Ryan Lotke, that same Olympics went out and got caught, you know, they, they were, you know, I don't remember the whole story, but he and his boys were doing something stupid in a parking lot in Brazil in a gas station parking lot and ended up um, stealing something or like, right. Wrecking something. And, and it became right. this huge scandal. Um, and yet, these white men are still the face of of swimming of mm -hmm. of male swimming in in this country even though they are no longer competing um it will be it will it will surprise me if we don't lose the names of um shikari and mm -hmm. of naomi um quicker than we than we would ever lose the names of michael and ryan and what about the swimmer who broke down crying? You know, th there's also this this thing about we can't show any affect or emotion. We have to compartmentalize and suppress everything that is going on inside of us. When when reality is, we are all deeply impacted by what's going on in the world. I mean. Can you imagine? I mean, I can't imagine being an Olympian this year. I mean, I mean, our world is on fire. Yeah. Our world is on fire. And we have just lived through a global pandemic. And these young athletes have done everything that their coaches have told them and that their parents have told them and that their, their, um, 
you know, fellow athletes have told them to stay on top of their game in the midst of a pandemic so that they can make an Olympics that shouldn't have been played in the first place because of COVID rates. Um, They have done absolutely everything they needed to do to get to where they are. And all we want to do is, is tell them that, that what they're, what they have done and what they have accomplished and being there on the single biggest sports stage in the world um, is, is just not good enough. Right. Right. I mean, shame on us. Shame on us. Um, what does that say about our devotion to each other and to our country? Like what, what kind of world are we trying to build? I get I get in a lot of trouble. Um, you get in trouble. I, I know, right? Shocker. Um, I get in a lot of trouble when I try to have conversations about patriotism mm-hmm. and loyalty to country with um, a, a large number of people that I'm in community with, um, because there is this there's a notion that. Um, we have a hierarchy or we, we are to, we are supposed to have a hierarchy in our lives around the things that we are loyal to. Um, right. We are loyal to God. Um, we are loyal to country. We are loyal to family and everything else comes after those three things. Right. And it perplexes me that and, and I'm a pastor saying this. It perplexes me that God and country are always first and second. Mm-hmm. And that community, whether that is um, bio family, chosen family, deep friendships, the neighborhood you live in, are the thing that bring up the rear of the list. Mm-hmm. This country was not founded on anything that we should be proud of. I mean, we have had that conversation time and time again. Um, And the fact that country and and faith are so, are continue to be so dangerously interlinked with one another um, should tell us all we need to know Mm -hmm. about how problematic patriotism is in, in our country today. I mean, a large majority of the folks that showed up at the Capitol on January 6th would have told you that they were patriots. Right. That they saw themselves as highly patriotic. Right. And were carrying flags that were, um, you know, in support of their nation and in support of their God. Mm-hmm. And yet, look at look at what they did. Yeah. Look what they did. Yeah. Um, I mean, patriotism is just such an odd it's a curious topic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget in probably 2003, 2004, um, the United Methodist Church that I grew up in, the one where I was baptized and I went my mm-hmm. entire life, um, made a decision to remove the flags mm. from the altar and mm-hmm. to place them at the rear of the sanctuary, at the entrance in the back of the sanctuary. And you would have thought that someone lit the altar on fire and decided to sacrifice puppies over top of it. 
I mean, it was the biggest shit show I have ever seen. Yeah. And yet, you know, they were, they were passionate about all the wrong things. <laughs> these, right. these people that were, that were wanting to keep the flag in place. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I feel curious about, I mean, I remember growing up and being in my Baptist church and playing on Memorial Day and July 4th, these battle hymns and performing them with my instrument. And it was also, it was always very curious to me why we would do that. And so at, at a young age, I had this sort of disidentification with like, this is weird. What so What is going on? you were curious about that even at a young age? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And, and, and curious about it because it didn't make sense to me because I guess when I would read scripture, I would, I would read, I, I would read the narrative that, that whatever the reigning government was, the, um, you know, like the census and, you know, the, these tactics that they used were always in opposition to what Christian people would do. And so, but I was not in a context where I could ask that question. So I kept those questions inside. Right. And I was, so I was very curious and I didn't understand and I didn't really have an outlet for those questions until I got to college and studying theology. But then I was the only trans queer Latinx in my college classroom with a bunch of cis white males who were all right. who they were the ones called to ministry not someone right. like me right and so i would ask my questions and like one of the questions i asked was well why do why do we need a male savior which is like a historic feminist question that people have but but that was before i was reading feminist scholarship and so thankfully my teachers would say well consider reading this book and so like all the questions that I had, I could not find answers for them or have a conversation about them in the classroom. I had to answer the questions for myself by reading, which is why I'm such a voracious reader. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm always, if, if we look at, if we look at a biblical um, story, and, and I say, I use the word story intentionally, um, because we are uncertain um, what of our text is um, factual and what is embellished or what has um, pa been passed down right. um, so many times that it becomes kind of a game of telephone and you retain certain pieces of it by the end, but maybe not all of it. But it's interesting to me that in, in the context of our biblical reading, there was very, there, there, were, there were conversations around government and government um, control and government rule. However, there was no there was no central um, country or city patriotic understanding within biblical teaching. They were everyone was a nomad. Um, if they mm. weren't a nomad, they were in they were in their their neighborhood and they were 
they were doing neighborly and, and neighborly things. That there was not this this understanding of patriotism and this understanding of being proud mm-hmm. of the place where you call home and being proud of the place that your passport is from is such a new thing for for us as followers of God. Um, you were nomadic and transient, or you were in neighborhood mm. in the Bible. That, that there was no your loyalties were not to um to the 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 country in which you made your home. No, it was more to the synagogue, right? Correct. Because if you Correct. were Jewish, you were paying a temple tax. Correct. And so they did have this exchange happening. Yes. And and now the exchange is the American flag. Right. Um, the koozie that you have that's right. got proud to be American, fucking right. Lee Greenwood singing that damn song, you know. Right. Yeah. Your license plate. Um, right. You know, everyone wanting to, you know, proudly display um, you know, what war they fought in and, right. um, you know, support for our veterans. And no shade, no shade against Absolutely veterans. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. Um, but, but. Um, the, the intermeshing and the, this intermingling of patriotism with our faith, Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I'm specifically speaking of um, the Christian faith, um, only because that's the the main the primary perspective I have. It is it is as on display right now at the Olympics, yeah, as it is at any Trump rally in the country that's being held, um, as it will be at any other political you know right wing um, election event that will be held right. as. As we, you know, go into the 2022 midterms. Um, and, w- and so what, what I hear you saying is there's a conflation of religion. Because I don't think people would say faith. People true. would say religion. Yes. yes. There's a conflation of religion mm-hmm. and American pride. Yes. Loyalty to loyalty and 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 dedication and pride to this country, and and that's and it's problematic for me because I too want to watch the Olympics and feel good <laughs> about these remarkable feats of athleticism that these humans have the capacity to achieve. Um, and feel pride that they are from America. Feel pride that they are from the United States. And 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 it. I mean, it's, it's just a. It's a wrestling for me. It's mm-hmm. a wrestling with um, this the the context of patriotism as it relates to um, how we see it um, and how it's on display here in our nation. Um, and my desire to be on Team USA when yeah. the Olympics are on television. And I yeah. think you can do both. We can, I can be critical of patriotism as it is embedded and related and, and woven in with white supremacy and as it is in bed with religion uh, across the board. And I can feel pride over yeah. the, the wins that we have. Um, but how often are we missing the fact that it is 
in many cases, the fact that we have um, pride expectations on these athletes that then manifest themselves into the situation that Simone Biles found herself mm -hmm. in, having so much pressure and so much expectation that she had to remove herself from a situation that she has worked four years for. I mean, she's worked her whole life for, but she's, you know, she's yep. been, she's been, you know, working towards this game, this set of games. Um, those things are all, they're all a part of the same hairball. Yeah. I, I want I want to I want to say something to complicate this a little bit. That's why I keep you around. So Simone Biles had the agency to withdraw and she can still compete in the final because she's qualified. Do other athletes from other countries have the same agency to withdraw? My my question is does the conditional freedom that we have here, the illusion of freedom that we have here, create conditions for someone like Simone Biles to withdraw from her event? Whereas, can people from Russia do that? I mean, I remember watching something on Netflix. Uh, it was It was about animals and and different countries showing animals and a lot of these people did not have a choice they had to show up and if they were the poorest shower of the animal they didn't have the chance to withdraw mm -hmm. and so what do we do with that right reality um i this is a, a, a an anecdote, but I think it's imp I think if the story can help us understand or at least contextualize your question. Um, yes, this was um, I guess forty years ago, but in um, nineteen seventy nine, um, there was a Russian gymnast. Um, Mukina, I think is how you say her last name, um, Elena Mukina. And she broke her leg um, during a competition. Oh, wow. And the Russian coaches were, she was, she was, she was, um, she won all around at the world championship. So she was kind of one of the Simone Biles of her day. Yeah. She broke her leg. They forced her to, um, heal faster than her leg could heal and entered her into a competition that um, as she was doing a tumbling routine a year later, uh, she, her leg broke again and she fell and broke her neck in two places oh my God. and was paralyzed, was a quadriplegic for the remainder of her life. She only lived to be in her forties. Because the team, the, the patriotism and the expectations of the team and of the winners on the team overruled the mm. care of this young woman um, and to enable her to heal. Mm -hmm. Now, this was 40 years ago. 
I can assure you that that we would prefer that Simone Biles sit out mm-hmm. than be put in a situation like that. And right. I don't know anything about teams outside of the United States. Yeah. I have to think that there are teams in places like Russia and like China and in, you know, places where an expectation is very high of the athletes that demand things of them that perhaps we don't demand of our athletes in the U.S. because of the conditional freedom. I don't know how much things have changed Mm -hmm. since Mushina, you know, was unable to heal and then competed it resulting in an injury that ended up taking her life very early. What a tragedy. It's, I mean, it is. Um, but I feel like we do this in the business world all the we time. Do. We do. We do. Um, and I, and I, and I don't, I don't tell that story because it's, you know, titillating for us, but it, but it is a, it is a real eye opener to the expectations that are placed on um, these humans. And um, I worry, I worry, I worry about the health of our athletes. I worry about the health of the athletes worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know the situations that they're in, but I, I would have to think that we, um, we as the United States offer um, a wider berth of option. Um, that's, I mean, that's a total assumption on my part though. I mean, you know, it's a good thing that they said it was okay for Simone to withdraw because the last thing that this country needs is another anti-black, you know, fold sentiment in in the Olympics. I mean, I think these things are like the Roman games and they're they're problematic to to their core. Um, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not watching the Olympics, but I am reading the news about them. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I am, like I said, I am, I'm in a really in-between space. I, I watch, I watch them on occasion. I have not Mm -hmm. been glued to the television. I really love the women's soccer games. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really, that's the thing I'm kind of getting up early in the morning to make sure I catch, but I am. I am torn between understanding the problems that um, patriotism and our expectations around performance mm-hmm. um, have have inflicted on these humans, and my desire to also like root for root for you know the the U.S. to to win medals. Mm. And I mean, win medal like what does winning medals even like what good does it even do yeah. like it's just a piece yeah. of metal that they bring home and like like there's no like they're they don't win money they don't i mean i don't know i mean it's, they're also underpaid i mean there's a whole there's I, a I whole know, lot of problems I know, I know i know and i know and i just only certain athletes get deals only certain ones are are funded only certain ones get yeah um and like the women's soccer team didn't get paid shit and that was a whole thing several years ago. I just, there's so many problems with it that I think accelerate the problems that we talk about here. Yes. And yeah. it just makes me angry. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's important as we kind of close this episode that um, we kind of circle back around to where we started, which is yep. 
um, that it is in community and it is in the care for community and the care for one another that um, we are allowed to be the most authentic versions of mm-hmm. ourselves yeah. um, with whatever uh, mental, physical, um, emotional, spiritual limitations that, that we come with. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever we enter into community with should be the kind of, um, of, of pieces of ourselves that we don't feel compelled to hide. Yeah. And I think Simone Biles is doing a lot of women, a lot of black women and women in general a favor. Um, I think she is setting a great example for how you state what you need, you take what you need, and you stick with that decision. And because she is doing it in the public eye, um, she is providing um, a bit of a blueprint to others who may need to also think about stating what they need and then taking what they need um, and and standing with that decision. Unbossed and unbothered. It's the way we need to be sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after we, when we join you next week, we will have been together in person. I'm sure yep. we will have lots of stories, friends. Um, it is impossible that there will not be a shimmy video that will appear on my Instagram feed over the next five days. Therefore, if any of you have been missing a Dr. Robin shimmy in your life, please uh, follow me at Unholy Heretics so that you can watch the shimmy um, as it as it unfolds. Because Robin's birthday is going to be popping, and we are excited. I've got some new moves. Uh, do you? Uh-huh. So, okay, so maybe not just a shoulder shimmy? You might... I- I have been practicing. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Because, you know, you know how Facebook gives us memories all the time? Uh-huh. Two years ago, we were in Canada with the lovely Pam Rocker and Kate Reed. I know. And Facebook showed me the shimmy that I did for you. Yes. That you put on the socials. Yes. So, they're out there. I know. They are. Well, friends, um, thanks for sticking with us this week. Um there's, there are important conversations to be had around mental health and around patriotism and around how they interweave themselves through these Olympic Games. And so if you're rooting for Team USA or whatever team you are, you are um, calling your homeland, um, I hope that you are watching with a critical and conscientious um, perspective mm. um, so that we all can find the liberation that we need most in the world and do it in real time mm. as we're experiencing life as it's happening. Mm. Dr. Robin, until next week. We got to get free. We want to thank you for listening this week. We encourage you to share this podcast with your community. If you enjoy us and our work in the world, please give us five stars on your podcast platform. Want to help support this podcast? Go to activisttheology.com and click on podcast. We can only do this work with the help of you, our listeners. You have no idea how much even a small monthly or one-time gift means to this work. The music you hear in this episode is Hands Dirty by Delta Ray. Our sound editor is Dan Medley 
from 10 South Sounds. I get my hands dirty. You are listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our friends.